ready? So welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a huge thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me in the adventurous lifestyle. If you guys need any gear for your next adventure, running, camping, climbing, hiking, you guys name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Also, a huge thank you to Free Brewing Co., organic preservative-free beer. You'll find them at Dan Murphy's and BWS. Big black can, silver letters that say free. Organic preservative-free beer. It's a no-brainer. Enjoy, guys. Before we get into this episode, I've got some exciting news for you guys. We have a new discount code. Okay, get well soon, Australia. Organic hemp CBD oil. You have heard me talk about it before. The science is in, the results in. Now, due to current legislation in Australia, I must say it's for topical use only. I personally use it morning and night under my tongue. Now, if you guys want 10% off organic CBD oil, go to getwellsoon.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Did you guys get that? getwellsoon.com.au and put in the 10% discount code WILDONES. So just wild ones for this one. Okay, guys, now you're about to meet Andy, a really bubbly little soul that I just think is so, so wonderful. She has crazy life experiences from her upbringing, going to 12 different schools in five different countries. And she had a heavy, heavy upbringing. Like, She went through some really hard times and now this 21-year-old has just, she's been left so humble and she's so bubbly and thank you just so, so much, Andy, for coming on the podcast and for making me just think so much. We had some really deep conversations in this one. We went on some really nice rants. She really made me think, this girl, and yeah, I'm just so, so lucky for that. Thank you. Enjoy, guys. and say everything <laughs> you're fully ready to be vulnerable and say everything I, I get nervous about stories like yours okay and the only reason why is because it in a way there's like responsibility on me it's no there is no responsibility on me I, I have that wrong it's like it's just like when there's you know someone's gone through something and and grown through something it's like that when they tell me this it's so vulnerable mm-hmm and there's like so much emotion in it and everything. And, I, and it's just like, oh, I sometimes wonder that there's been a few stories I've heard that I haven't been able to release. Like it was too much emotion for that person, too much emotion for me. And there's that, there's two, there's the first episode I was ever going to put out that I was going to start the podcast with. And I don't, it, it was about my mate, a friend of mine saving his best mate being attacked from a great white shark. Oh my gosh. And dying in front of him. and But they no, they saved him. But the guy was, I won't say the names out of respect, and I love these guys, but the guy was dead for 90 minutes and no one stopped, no one gave up. 
and the story was from my mate's eyes of saving his mate. He got attacked three times by the shark. It got ripped out of him. I don't want to go into it too much, but it was mm-hmm. to the point that the two of us, and when he was telling me the story, so much trauma came up. Mm-hmm. And we just sat there and cried and cried. Aww. It was so heavy. And I had, man, I had freaking, I couldn't sleep for like a week after. It was just, I'd taken on so much emotion. And then yeah. he wasn't ready for that story to come out. And like, it was just... Yeah, it was just like there's, and, and this has happened a couple of times. There was another. I sat down with a mate of mine who was in this horrific accident, and he was ready to tell it. And then once we we started telling it, like it just like man, we just sat there and just bawled our eyes out. It was so heavy, but yeah, yeah. So when I when I I, I just get I all I want to do is just say when anyone you see it like because I, I see, see people it's just like it's a safe space and you don't have to say it or go you know you don't have to you, you don't have to do anything man yeah say what you want you say what you want yeah. and like we'll just have a good time okay are, are, you, are you all good are I'm you, all good <laughs> yeah, okay well let's just set the scene let's start it right here right let's set the scene we're in oh the, we're already recording well I press record just whenever and then me? I just cut it. Oh okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. cut it wherever. Yeah. It's just because when I do that and if you ever want to do podcast or like go into podcasting mm. it's like you know how I said I don't do intros? Yeah. I don't do intros because it like it sets up like it just makes people nervous. Yeah. You know what I mean? It starts this formality. Yeah. Or if you just start talking, you're just having a conversation. Just so you just press yarn. record and you can just cut it wherever. Yeah. I love that. I know. That's like, like I'm so unprofessional. Aren't <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. Because <laughs> you're like chill vibes. Make everyone feel comfortable. <laughs> well, we're laying in the back of a troop carrier out at Currumbin Valley. Yay. And <laughs> you're coming down to do this podcast with me. And it was rain last night. And it's a very sunny morning with... A little bit overcast keeps coming over, humid, hot, and it's. Am I allowed to say what I made you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, surely. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so you messaged me, and I was like, "All right, perfect. I want to do some mushroom picking while we're out there." <laughs> so I met you at the rock pools, and we went out in the first field. I just jumped the fence, and oh my god, there were so many gold tops. And then I got to give you a lesson on how to pick mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know. If anyone wants to know, hit me up. <laughs> Pass it on. But I do want to thank you, actually, Andy for entering the competition that Wild Earth put on. Oh, thank you. Tell us your tale because that you're a runner up entry in that and it was like it was it was so amazing and inspiring for me to get given all these stories and like go through them. It was actually such a fun night. I sat there, one of my neighbours came around and we sat there with a couple of cups of tea and some bickies Aww. and just read through all these like insane stories. Yeah. But yours is really re- well written. That's why I'm so excited to to meet up with you. And because there's another connection here, because you're friends with Jim from, what did I call that episode? Nabibia Road Trip, maybe? Oh, yeah. The old parachute didn't open situation. Yeah. And yeah. so you work with Nice Coffee Co. with him. Yeah. What's the connection there? Um, because I went to college for three years where I met Sandy, who's a co-founder of Nice Coffee as well. So Sandy and I are really good mates. And then I started helping out the van every so often. And then I jumped on board and met them all. Yeah. And you did. So what's what's the basis behind Nice Coffee Co for the people that don't know? Oh, the basis. Oh, yeah, of course. It's <laughs> Let so the amazing. people know. So, Nice Coffee Co is a social enterprise that was founded by Jim Chapman, Nathaniel Pointing, and Sandy Hickson, and they sell coffee and use the profits to support a school in Kenya in the Kabira slums, which is the biggest slum over there from memory. Yeah, it's the biggest slum in Africa and it's about the same size as Central Park, but has about nearly a million people there. So it's just insane. Yeah. 
insane. I I am blown away by that idea. And it's just like, fuck, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Where do they get the beans from? So they're roasted at the Sunshine Coast Roastery, but they're from all different... Oh, am I speaking too loud? No, no, no. I told you. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not meant to say that, am I? (laughs) Lol. (laughs) You're so funny, Andy. (laughs) At least someone thinks so. (laughs) Yeah. But so all the profits, because Jim from Jim and George Chapman, their family have that have that retreat in Kenya. Yeah. They've got that farm over there. Yeah, they have a safari lodge, yes. um, which is right near the school, yeah. which is great because then when we send funds over, it actually goes, makes it. Yeah, it actually makes it to the school. Um, Jim's dad goes and delivers all the food to the kids, so it's yeah. awesome. That's What I love about that story is that they've seen it with their own eyes. They, they've seen... Their, their own humanity, their own hearts have seen something that, like, broke their hearts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they've gone to so much effort, and you guys are going to so much effort to help change them, to help other human beings. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, like, so what a business to, like, support. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's incredible. So if you guys want some coffee, go check out Nice Coffee Co. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, so you and you – okay, so you're this positive – giggly little girl and, and and we love your energy but that's all come from come from your own story and, and like your own personal growth as you as a, as a human and like reading through your story last night when I touched up on it yeah it starts from you being very young yeah are we starting there yeah would you would you like to yes. where would you like to start oh well, let's start from the beginning shall we shall we <laughs> Okay, also, sometimes when I get awkward, I say lol, so just apologies for that. No, no, you, you just be you, man. Okay. We're here to express ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we're here to have a chat. Okay, so I was born on the Sunshine Coast, but we were living in a rural rural little country town called Yulo at the time, and then um, we moved to Mooloolaba for a little bit, and I was about one at this age, and we went over to England because that's where all my... Uh, like mum's side of the family is from and we're just there for a little visit and then I just got this like cough so mum was like oh yeah just take it to the doctor so you're like one year old, yeah or not even uh yeah one just over one and then went to the doctor and then I'm like oh something's not right here so then um they had like gave me a scan and they found like cancer inside of me. It was dad was telling me this yesterday because I was like, I just need a refresher of my life, dad. <laughs> yeah. And he was said that it was the size of like a football inside of me, and it was like crushing one of my lungs. I was like, what? As, as a little baby. Yes. So you had a huge. Do you know what type of cancer? Like like. Yeah, it was an uh, an Ewing sarcoma, which is like, it's it's quite rare, and it's for like most like you're most likely to get it as a child. It's like one in a million children get it. So it's, it's very unlucky. Anyway, so had that. Then we decided to stay in the UK. Obviously, we weren't going to just yeet. Went through chemotherapy. So that was, okay, so, so just wait. So your parents, yeah. you know, their little baby, their little one-year-old have just oh. found, is just like riddled with cancer, has this huge ca- cancer lump. So it couldn't be cut out? I don't know the fine details, but I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they managed to like kill it with the chemotherapy that would have been so hard on your little body to go through chemotherapy yeah yeah so i'm actually if you see photos of my um family they're all so much taller just bigger than me and i'm just like this little tiny girl because my growth got stunted from all the chemotherapy 
Oh my God. Yeah. And I wonder if like there was like psychological issue being so young and like having to go through all that, like the trauma that as a baby you would have to go through and like separation from your parents at the time. I wonder, there's, yeah, there's so many effects that that could have, but you look, yeah. okay, 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 continue. (laughs) Okay, okay, continue. Anyway. But did it kill it? Yes, yes. So it went away. All was good. We were there for, we were in the UK for a year. Were your parents working over there? Well, my dad was a, is a share trader, so he could just kind of do it anyway. But I think their main priority was, was me. I have two older siblings as well, so they were trying to look after them as well, which is a bit hectic. But anyway, yeah. hats off to them. Then we came back to Australia and we'd just bought a farm in New South Wales. Do you mudgy? Is that like Mwollomba? Oh, I don't know where it's near. <laughs> okay, in Mudgee. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, you're yeah. little, so you don't matter. <laughs> yeah, don't <Somewhere>. matter. <laughs> um, started preschool there. Fun fact, actually, I, I told mum I did. I wanted to go to big school. I didn't want to be at preschool just napping all day. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I want to be with the big players. She enrolled me in school a year early, which is great. And then at the age... So this is like year one. Yeah. So it's like four, five years old. Yeah, I was, I was young. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh, I've skipped a bit of time here, haven't I? I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, no, because you've moved from the UK, you've got this farm, so now like you're just growing up into yourself, you get enrolled in school, so now like, you're this four or five-year-old kid. Yeah, and then, you wouldn't believe it, Aaron, you would not believe it, there was a little lump on my back. We went, we went and uh, got it checked out. Had you, do you know that like when they first killed that cancer and they cleared you as a baby, mm. did you have to have checkups all the time? Yeah, I think they had checkups just to check, but it's like, it's so rare that it comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not really, yeah. Anyway, they weren't concerned. They were like, yeah, it's all good. It's gone. So, yeah, when I was four, probably edging towards five, that's when they found a lump again. That's when they were like, oh, shit, it's back. The cancer's like, back. The cancer is back. Sorry, I say this with a smile on my face just because I've processed it so much. No, it's okay. And you're it's like, okay. what the heck? Do you do you have memories of this? I have memories when I was five. Like, because... But you don't remember as a baby getting chemo? Like, do you like have any flashes of memories? The only flashes I have is I got like a really big toy dog from the hospital once because I was a brave girl. <laughs> really? Yeah. So then when I was five, we got I got treated in the Sydney hospital for a bit. I do have flashes of that because I remember being so weak, like, because of the chemotherapy. Like, I couldn't even look at the colour purple because it was just, like, too strong on my eyes. Really? Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, because chemotherapy is, is kill like, well, I'm no doctor, so I don't know, but it's, like, it's killing your cells to kill also the cancer cells. Yeah. So it's just killing everything. It is, yeah. And I remember, oh, I remember when my, like, my hair was falling out and then Dad, like, Obviously, like, he chopped a bit off because he didn't want my, like, hair falling out and me to freak out. But at the time, I was like, no, don't cut my hair. And I was, like, crying. And, like, I feel like that would have been a terrible experience for my family. Yeah, yeah that would have been so, also so traumatic for you because to not understand what was happening. Yeah. I was like, why am I here? Why am I not at school? But halfway through, like, my chemotherapy, my mum's friend, her name's Alice, of Queen approached my mum and was like hey like she's a nurse but she's um very holistic and she's like hey look like I because I was really bad and they just didn't think you're gonna make it yeah it was like you know you had your cancer was that bad they like it was yeah they thought you weren't gonna make it yeah yeah it was bad just terrible do you remember the feeling do you remember the feeling of being so sick (laughs) yeah yeah I guess me just being really 
really weak and stuff. Were you scared? No, I think I just, I didn't really know yeah. the full scale of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like ever since I was born, I've just, I've literally just been this little energetic, positive person. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, how are you so positive? I'm like, I was born with it. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So then my friend, nope, not my friend, Alice. my mom's friend, Alice, approached my mom and was like, hey, look, like read this book. It's called Cancer's Cause, Causes and Cures. I actually have it pretty cute and it's just this phenomenal book i hope no one listening is gonna like judge me for our holistic approach but this is just our story and so my parents read it and it basically is just like how to treat it naturally and they'd never heard of like anything holistic before but um i was bad and they were kind of just like they were at their end of their options they're like i can see from their point of view they're like okay well chemo's killing her she she this cancer's killing her chemo's killing her it doesn't look like she's going to make it. What are our options? The way we're going like this, it's like it's a high, like, you know what? I, I would try anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So then my parents were like, okay, well, we need to take her off chemo. But at the time, and I'm pretty sure it's still a thing, at the time, if you take your kid off chemo, they, they take your child off you. And they'll, like, put a guard at the door. Like, they will take your child off you, which is just, like, terrifying. Mm. And maybe they think it's coming from a place of good well-being, but... Anyway, so we then were like, okay, let's go to England. So we told the doctors, yeah, we're going to England. We'll continue treatment there. And this is a bit I do remember is that the doctor, whilst I was in the room, said to my parents, this kid will die in three months if you take her off chemo. So the doctor knew that like they were thinking of taking you off chemo. Well, I think he was just like, I don't know. I think he was just trying to make sure that, like, obviously we did continue it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, crazy. We went over there and they literally, I didn't know this until last Where'd night. Where'd you go to? Oh, well, we went over to my granny's yeah. to start getting treated naturally. We went on a crazy healthy diet. The whole family did it along with me, which is lovely of them. And um, we were out at lunch at my auntie's one day and the, the like, the authorities or the doctors or something literally came around to my granny's place to make sure that I was getting chemotherapy, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. I only learned this last night. I was like, whoa, feels like I was in a spine. Yeah. What did your parents say? Yeah. Well, then we packed our bags and then the next day we had this little family house by the beach in England. So we went there just for a little bit just to buy some time. And then one of my family friends mentioned this place called Sark. So it's this tiny little island in between England and France, and it's pretty much completely off the grid. There's about 500 people who live on this island. There's, like, no cars. You ride around on bicycles. So my parents were like, yep, we're going to Sark. So uh, I went to Sark. Was it known for, like, a holistic life? No. It was just just the fact it was like, yeah, like, I've got a friend right now. I think it's, like, a chronic fatigue and his girlfriend, it's like a really, but it's like something about the fungi or like she has to be, like can't be around near any antennas or anything. And like she's, so they live inland and they've got to get away from like all, I don't know, I don't, I'm just drawing like, this, but like ante- she can't be near anything that's like, has like radio, like, you know, like here there's Wi-Fi, there's so mm, much frequency mm-hmm. going on and it's going through our bodies. Like where our yeah. body's water, of course it's going through our bodies, but it's just like that. And also the humid in the air, like the, um, 
the part the fungal particles i think in the air all of it so it's, and she gets really sick whenever she's on the east coast and as soon oh, as she wow. goes away from cities or anything she starts getting better it gets healthy and as soon as she comes back she goes downhill so fast wow i've yeah. never heard of that that's really interesting though yeah but they don't have a cure oh she's got um lyme's disease Oh. So that's why the government doesn't recognize it. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Mm. That's hectic. Yeah. Okay. So I can. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we mainly went there because it was like off the grid because you have to fly into this place called Guernsey and then you have to catch ferry over to Sark. Yeah. So it's like people don't really know where, where you are. So for just over like a year, we lived there. We were treated naturally, whilst we also had like a holistic doctor. Do you know like Guernsey. how they were treating you? Was it just, just a healthy diet? There was like a really strict diet. We were basically like vegan, but we also didn't have like pretty much any grains. We just like had a heck ton of plants. And was there any like CBD or THC oils or anything like at that time? It's really bad how little I know. I remember having these disgusting. Tonics. Dirt juices. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, dirt. yeah, yeah, the pr- yeah, so yeah. And then, the, so the person who wrote the book, Cancer Causes and Cures, he also has these tablets called Percy's Powder. I took those and they're phenomenal. They have like so much, so much good stuff in them. So how quick did you, did your parents see after chemo, like you're going downhill so quick, so fast on this holistic approach, did they start, like see improvements like straight away? Is that why they kept on it? Obviously, you're saying for like a year you're on this diet. Mm. You know what I mean? Like doing this stuff, drinking that mud stuff. I know, that type <laughs> of stuff because the naturopath and you, oh my God, yeah. rank. You try and water it down with orange juice and scull it. <laughs> like, those, uh, like all those extracts. But yeah, so like how quick did they realize that you were, you were recovering instead of going downhill? And yeah. Turned around, you know? I think, I think pretty quick. I think they were blown away by the results, which is obviously what kept them going and then it made them so much more interested in this whole healthy holistic lifestyle. do you remember this time in sark yeah i remember like riding around on my bicycle i remember going to school there did you have hair no i was a little baldy locks so did <laughs> what did the other kids think but that would be another good thing about 500 people in a community like such a small community mm. would be like like kids would just be having fun with each other. I can, I can imagine like going to a big school and like big city and like you you could get bullied and stuff. You know what I mean? Like kids mm. are cruel. Yeah, kids are cruel. Like no, I remember, I remember having a pretty good time. I had a rainbow beanie that I always wore, so like I don't think people knew. Yeah. That I was bald. That's smart for your parents. To, oh, I suppose it's cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was freezing. England. Yeah, yeah. So so you're there for a year and you. Did you recover in that time? Yeah, I did. Like a full recovery. Full recovery. You're kidding. So from from go, like dying, like literally dying as a five year old. Yeah. Like a holistic diet, holistic approach. So what? Okay, wait. Because I don't want to push any ideals on anyone. So this is just your own personal, your personal journey and yes. your and like and your personal experience. Yeah. But what's now your personal opinion? Oh, I think it's phenomenal and I think it's so brave of my parents to do that without because if they had grown up holistic, you know, it'd be so much easier. But they jumped on this thing that they had no idea about and they just did so much research. They would have been so scared. Yeah, I think it's amazing and they did yeah. everything they could to save their little girl. I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so now I like I eat as healthy as I can. Also like treat yourself sometimes, but I eat as healthy as I can. I like love to meditate and exercise because like I know how important 
all those things are, you know? So do you like how does it feel or trigger in you when you see someone dying from chemo and i'm not saying because i i'm not no doctor and i don't know and that might be the only way in those scenarios but for you knowing that there was another way that for you Hmm. that that helped how does it trigger you with this system no it's it's crazy because like luke that that sponsors me with CBD oil. Oh, yeah. So he's an organic farmer. I've known him for, for years from traveling around. He was a world traveler and he's like just so switched on to growing. Mm. And the people he helps is freaking ridiculous, right? Yeah. And he sits there and, and it's, I feel so sorry for him because he sees it helping people. He yeah. sees, he gets these stories and people are like, oh my God, like, you know, he sees people get their lives back and the system works against that. This is just, this is, you know, me telling his story. And he just does it like out of every hoop that he has to jump through and the fear of, even though he's doing everything as legal as possible, but because society is just for some freaking reason is so against it. And he just, he just does it through his own passion and wanting to help and love. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, he believes in it because he sees it, right? And it's just like, I freaking adore and that inspires me so much i can't get over he does that you know what i mean yeah. it's like what she, i forgot my original question because i just got on a rant <laughs> of how much i love he sounds incredible oh he's absolutely incredible you know because he's doing something that he believes in yeah and he, and he sees but it's just like for you like your own story it's like how do you knowing that there's another way what's your opinion on like that that gets suppressed when it saved your life that, yeah. Like that, that holistic, I'm talking about the holistic, not CBD, yeah. but like had the holistic approach, save your life. Does it trigger you? I think it used to, but now I've really come to terms that like, it's all about like how you're raised. Like some people are raised in households where it's all mainstream, pop a Panadol, pop this, pop that, you know what I mean? And that's how they're raised. Whereas I've been raised holistically. So of course I'm going to see it that way. Mm. So I try not let that trigger me. And... I just try to live as like healthy as possible and then other people like will hopefully be influenced that. But be that. the change you want to see in the yeah. world. Yeah. And like when people are like, how do you have so much energy? And I'm like, I eat really good food, you know? Yeah. So then it might make people uh, be like, wow, I want to eat what she's eating. Also check out Ando Food and Fitness. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> what's what's Ando Food and Fitness? Oh, just my health and fitness page. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Is it a website or is it No, Instagram? no, it's just a, it's an Instagram page. Oh, so it's you, okay, so it's you promoting like, yeah, where you get your energy from. Yeah, I just try to make really simple, easy recipes so people can be like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, right. Okay, okay, okay. So you're a five-year-old kid. You're <gasps> a five-year-old reco- kid. You're recovering. You're in Sark. Yeah. You're on the uphill. You, you've gotten your life back as a normal as a normal girl. But aren't, yeah. aren't your parents scared of the cancer? Is the cancer, like if you've gone to the doctor and they're going, boom, no cancer? Yeah, yeah, pretty Shit. much. Yeah. What a moment to celebrate. I know. And so you got your life back. So what happened then? Then we moved back to Mudgee, back to New South Wales. And then uh, dad was a bit, bit sick of, I think there were tons of fires in Sydney or something. And all the smoke was like coming in. And dad's just like, <laughs> so funny like that. He's like, that's it. We're leaving. <laughs> Too much smoke. Don't like it here. <laughs> so we moved to the Sunshine Coast, Montville which is near Mullaney, which I was talking about today. Yeah. And, oh, hello, motorbikes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. got distracted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were living there for like two years, maybe. Then um, my mum got sick 
And it's really bad, but I actually don't know what type of cancer she had. I don't know why I don't know that. Maybe it's something. So, so now your mum's gotten cancer. Yeah. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I remember being told it, but I remember just thinking, like, she's going to be okay. Like, because you're, you're still, yeah. sorry, because you know your recovery. You're like, oh, no, you get this and you just have to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was a different cancer to mine, especially because mine was, like, mainly for children. So it's really rare for adults to get it. So, yeah, I don't actually know what type of cancer my mum had. Um, but it wasn't something generic. So what was the approach this time? Yeah, so this time, obviously we did like a lot of research. And at this point, we all still lived really healthy and organic. So you're like seven food. years old at this point? Yeah, yeah, I'm seven at this point. Yeah, we did lots of research and mum was getting a bit of therapy, like treatment naturally. But then dad found this like treatment overseas in Mexico, which sounds really dodgy. But uh, it's just because there's so many regulations against mm. this holistic treatment, which is just like heartbreaking that you have to go yeah. to another country. Yeah, I know there's like amazing, like Mexico. I went and stayed in one in Thailand. Just I met these all these holistic doctors on a night out in Thailand once. Oh, wow. I went and stayed at this retreat and it was exactly that. Like it was just people come with like cancers and they it's quite expensive but you go they put you on this diet do all these natural treatments and you, you just stay there until you until you're better kind of thing oh that's phenomenal yeah yeah see like if i if i think about the system in australia too much mm. then it will trigger me and i know it's like moderately pretty much out of my control so i just try but not to this one in, in mexico i remember reading your story you're yeah. saying it's the one where Johnny Depp had a fan that was dying of cancer and he paid for the, their treatment and sent them to yes. Mexico and they got cured. Yeah, so that's the place. Yeah, her story is phenomenal. She, you know Make-A-Wish Foundation? Yeah. Yeah, so her last wish was to meet Johnny Depp and then Johnny Depp met her and was like, no, like there's got to be another way. And so he paid for her treatment over there and she's all healthy and good. Yeah, wow. It's phenomenal. Anyway, so we went over to Mexico all us kids. Do you remember where in Mexico? It was right on the border because I remember the border to mm. America was really close. But yeah. Apart from that. Maybe Tijuana or something. Yeah. But that, that's so crazy. So your life's been up, upturned again. Where were you living? Like did you live at the retreat with mm. your mum? Like- well, she was just in hospital the whole time pretty much. But we at first lived in like hotel rooms and then we were living in like an apartment because we were there for like six months I think. But um, to get there, to get to Mexico, like, because she was so ill, no doctor would sign for her to, like, actually be able to fly because we wanted to get, like, a, a whole back row of, like, um, yeah, of a so plane she, so, she could, lie so she could lie down. But no doctor would sign. So we're like, shit, like, what are we going to do? So dad, literally insane, <laughs> insane, he, he booked, like, a private jet to fly us there. Like, he... Obviously, you'd well. do anything. So that happened, which was crazy. And it was just like, you'd think going on a private jet is like the coolest thing ever. But obviously... Can I ask situations. a personal question that you yeah. don't have to answer? Yeah. Your, at the time, your parents' financial situation, like, would your dad, like, well off? Could he... Oh, I don't like asking these type of questions. But, like, you know, was he d- doing okay that, like, he could have... Afford it? Cause I, I'm just thinking, like that's a question you don't really ask, but like that's something that everyone's wondering. It's just like if that happened to me, like could I just do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was he in a position where he could do that, yeah, or was it like yeah. it was he like selling his family home and being like, oh, I've got to get, you know? Yeah, fortunately, like we were in in that position, which is like 
just extremely privileged. Yeah. Yeah, so we went over to Mexico. It was so beautiful because, like, mum's brother and sister and, like, best friend and mum, like, her mum, all came for the visit yeah. to, like, come see her and stuff. We were there for six months. And she – it's heartbreaking because the day before she passed away – they were looking at the scans and she she would like the cancer was getting better but she died because of lung failure which is just like so yeah. the treatment was working so you're is, over there were you seeing your mum go downhill did did they think she wasn't going to make it yeah like i remember dad like maybe a week before she passed away being like like speaking to us kids and being like look it just like it might not and i just i just i was in such big denial I was like, no, 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 she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. It's, it's all going to be okay. I remember like speaking to mum being like, yeah, on our next adventure, we can go here. Did, when you, do you remember like with your mum, like when you were looking at, at your mum in that bed, did she have energy? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I feel like she always put on like a brave face. And she luckily, yeah, she didn't lose her hair or anything, I guess, because mm. she didn't have chemo. Yeah. But yeah, she just always had such a brave face it's crazy how much i remember as like as i was eight at this time as an eight-year-old yeah mm-hmm. then she she passed away which was just so so it was actually working but then the it was the lungs that gave up not the not the cancer killing her yeah yeah but yeah i remember that day like really well obviously as you would i just remember not i, I didn't actually like cry i just i just sat there and just like went into this like deep thought and just thought about like everything she did and it was just like it's really weird that i thought about this but i was like oh my gosh but who's gonna do this and who's gonna do that i don't know i guess yeah how like does that. a eight-year-old yeah deal with that i don't know did you, and you had older sisters yeah so i have an older sister did your older sister feel like like she had to like did she have to take a lot of like responsibility I think my older brother felt that. Yeah. Yeah, because he's the eldest. Yeah, because I remember, like, crying to him, like, when we were at boarding school. This is years later. Just being like, I just miss Bub so much. Um, and I was like, why do you never, like, cry about her? And he's like, I do. I just, I don't do it in front of you because I feel like I have to put on a brave face. Which is ironic because if he had cried in front of me, it would have helped me yeah. probably process it better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you at the time you couldn't. You, that's so much like me, especially as a kid. Something bad happened. Just like no, nah, not dealing with it. I remember my mum. My mum, yeah, she had a t- brain tumor, and she was in hospital and getting it cut out. She got this big scar across her head, and I just denied it. I remember my. I just wouldn't go see her. Nothing. I was like, no, nah, mum's fine. I just fully ignored it, and I just, just didn't want to know about it. Like no. Nah, not knowing about it, it's fine. And then I remember a Mormon family, like that I was really close to, really loving people. They went and bought flowers and picked me up and said, like, I'm taking you to see your mum and like gave Aww. her flowers. And I just still like, even now, like mum, like she's got this scar. And, like when she talks about it, it's like, I have no memory of it really of her. Wow. Having that because I was like, I just didn't want to know about it. Yeah. Even now when bad stuff happens, she's like, oh, this person has this. I'm like, why are you telling me this? I don't want to know. You know ah, what I mean? Ah, yes. I just don't want to know yeah. about bad things. Yeah, that used to be my my mechanism. Yeah. I'd, uh, yeah, I'd just pretend. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what happened is like when my mum passed away, I think it took me a good like three or four years to actually process it, which is a long time to be Were you in denial. angry at the world? No, I was just like, I was just so sad. And I think I just was just confused because I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, why does everyone else get a mum? And like, because 
Like, and nowadays, it's actually heartbreaking how many friends I know who have a parent who's passed away. But back then, I just, I didn't, didn't know anyone. And I was just like, why is this happening to me? Like, I don't get it. What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Your family went through so much. Yeah, I just, it's, yeah. I just think about my dad. I'm like, oh. So what what happened from Mexico? Like, your, your poor mum has passed away. So what did the family do? Like, how did the family deal with that? We went back to England because we buried her next to her dad, which um, was beautiful. And we had a ceremony for her. It's like, because, yeah, all her friends and family from England. And then we went back to the Sunshine Coast. And it's so heartbreaking because just before we left, we were building this house. It was still being built whilst we were over in Mexico. And we came back and, like, my mum had designed this, like, gorgeous house and we got back and we, like, moved in. It's just, like, heartbreaking because it's, like, she never got to see it. Yeah, it was what your mum was planning. Yeah. And, like, it's still, like, we still have it, but we rent it out on Airbnb. But it's yeah. just, like, it's hard going back when there's only a few of us in the house because it just feels so, like, yeah, lifeless or just, like, wrong to be there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you remember, you said, like, you didn't process your mum for like four years mm. but you're in boarding school like what, what do you remember like that day when you actually processed it was yeah so we went off to boarding school TSS and St Hilda's on the Gold Coast on the Gold Coast yeah his dad was like yep boarding school I went your mother went it'll be good for you and I was like I'll go which was really fun because I was in year seven so you just get to have a sleepover with your friends all the time yeah. but we were only there for six months because dad went to the shops and he was pulling out of a car park and um, he was about to put on his seatbelt and then a copper pulled him up and fined him for not wearing a seatbelt and dad being dad just went back home was just so angry he just he doesn't like rules, so he's like, ah, oh, freaking Australia, too many rules. So he Googled places where you don't have to wear a seatbelt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on him. Uh, and then one of the places that came up was Monaco. So he sat us down and Where's he was Monaco? like, uh, it's, it's in France. It's like its own principality. Is yeah. that the right word? But it's basically France. Yeah. Near like Nice. Do you know Nice? No, no, no. We're the Côte d'Azur. By the beach. By yeah. the beach. Anyway, so he was like, yeah, we're moving to Monaco. And we're like, oh, okay, random. So then we moved to Monaco and we were there for three years. But I went to school at International School of Monaco for one year. And it was just insane. Like, because Monaco is, it's tax free. So it's like the richest of the rich people go there. It's like illegal for paparazzis to be there. So like lots of famous people go there. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. No. Like the Grand Prix happens there. Monaco Grand Prix. Anyway, it's like hectic. And I remember on my first day of school rocking up and I only had only had one pair of shoes. You only need runners as a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> and being raised by dad, he was like, yeah, you just need a pair of runners. <laughs> I rocked up. And like all the girls had like, des- I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not kidding. They had designer outfits and I was in year eight, I'm pretty sure. It was wild. Yeah. So we lived there for three years. <laughs> what, what was that like for you as an eight year old kid looking around? Did you feel like not good enough? Or like, did you, was it like, what was their attitude as the kids being as such like high, like 
class is that the word or like oh, thinking yeah. that they're thinking that class does not exist it's like something that we've just made up so it's just like but thinking it's just an ego based oh yeah so like how was that to suddenly be in an environment that was so ego based it was a, just like full ego yeah it was it was crazy and eye opening and like i struggled because it was hard to connect with kids like that who if they if they dropped money i remember one kid saying they were like oh if i drop money i don't bother picking it up unless it's like 20 euros or more right. and i was like what and they'll be like my daddy bought me a louis vuitton and i'll be like oh my dad bought me a sandwich eh <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really good because at that age getting exposed to so much wealth I was like, I'm never going to be that wealthy. I'd never want to be this disgustingly wealthy. Because for you, it's just not real? Yeah, because they just they weren't actually happy. They were just all trying to yeah. prove to other people. It's funny. Like, I had that chat with you this morning. It's just like, and and it, it, it is real and it's real to some people. It's just different value systems. And to me, like, I don't value money. No. Like, it's like... Like I was saying, like I, I feel like sometimes I might think I'll wake up in 10 years and be like, fuck, I missed all these opportunities. But it was like, no, it's just like because my dream is just to live simply in the bush. That's yeah. all I want. I don't want money. I don't want that shit. Yeah. You know, like obviously like it plays a part that we like have to have to be comfortable. But it's just like I don't – it's just not for me and I don't value it and I don't see the value in these material things. They don't do anything for me, you know, and I yeah. just – I, I don't, it's just to me, it's completely not real. It's a complete illusion yeah. that we just sell into. And it's just like when you're playing the game, that game's not real. Yeah. It's just like that game, it's just like, oh, it's funny because my mates have been playing crypto lately. I call, uh, I'll call it playing. Bitcoin. Yeah, I call it playing because it's like they're literally playing a game, right? Yeah. And it's just funny like seeing, and I love it, and it's, it's exhilarating and fun, and I get it. But. It was making me think how you can like trade on anything. Any p- things only have a value of what someone like perceives its value to be to them, kind yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like to like have a Louis Vuitton bag or whatever. To me, there's no difference from that bag to another one because I don't value it that way. Yeah, yeah. But this person values it. But it's to me in my life. Okay. It's just like, to me in my life, that's ego. It's so ego-based. It's just mm. like, this doesn't have any value other than it's like, this is better because you think it's better and it's about being better than someone else. Yeah. It's you know what I mean? To have this. It's yeah. just like, yeah. So it's like, to me, that's not real because it's external. Mm-hmm. It's external. It has nothing about what's real. And what's real is like, is within. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what's real is like, I just... I just don't get it. <laughs> and obviously you it. didn't either because you, you like you looked at it and all you did was see materialism. Yeah. And like people trying to be better than each other. Yeah. It's not good. Not good. Yeah. I, I still get that. Like I get that sometimes when I come to the Gold Coast just because it's a different collective consciousness. So I get it a lot in Byron Bay. I don't, I don't get it because it's, it's just so much competition. It's people. It's just, I don't know. It's just like trying to be. You know, you try. I don't know. It's just not to me. The game's not real. Yeah, but it's constantly all around us. Mm. Especially like with me living in Brisbane, there's just like constantly things being shoved in my face through. Like you need to be like this. This is the collective conscious. You need to be like this now to be cool. To be up with, yeah. keep up with the Joneses. You know, like I said to you about that person that was in my life for a long time. We had that conversation, 
where I was like, I don't want to play this game. Yeah. You know, when we were living in Byron, I was like, I don't want to play this game. Like I did that when I was year, in year 10 and 11 trying to be Mr. Cool Boy. It's just like, I, I don't, it's not real to me. It's exhausting. Anymore. And then when you watch someone play that game, you they lose who they are. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, it was like for me in that scenario, it was like watching someone die. Oh, It was wow. like I literally was like I've, because that person's not, there anymore yeah you know what i mean went from being like someone who i saw like saw their truth like saw their expression of themselves and then but you know it's not wrong either because now they express themselves in a different way and that's is who they are now you know what i mean so it doesn't but my my take on it when i was watching was like watching someone go from doing things for themselves and what they love to do to being doing things for just other people and what they thought other people would want from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, well, this game isn't real. And I was just watching this person get anxiety and depression and like this roller coaster of emotions because they were trying to be someone they weren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? They weren't being true to themselves. And I was just watching like so much mental health come out of that. And I was like, this game is not real. And then that person trying to put that game on me and I'm like, I'm not playing this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it makes me anxious. It's just like, like I was saying before, putting shackles, when someone tells me how I should be, I get my hair stick on the back of my head. I get so anxious. It's like people are trying to lock me down. It's like, I'm, it's, const- it's a claustrophobic feeling where people are sitting on me. When I'm around a group of people, I just have to break away from it. I can't, when I'm around a group of people that are so like confined or restricted in who they think everyone should be. You know what I mean? Like the cool kids. And they're like, yeah. nah, where the fuck, fuck that. Look at these losers over here. You're like, are you like, it's just my hair's like, I'm like, nah, I can't do this. It's just like, I, I need to be me. Yeah. That's good that I you're need, so aware of it. Yeah, I need to feel like, but I also need to be in a space where I can express myself. Yeah. And if I'm not, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, I can't. Standards. I love that. No, but it's just like, it's just not real. Yeah. That game is not real, so I don't want to play it to me. I always, I've got to make sure I say to me, because the thing is, uh, one thing I've learned is whatever anyone else is doing, they're not wrong. Yeah. You know what they're I mean? Doing their thing. And they know, if, they know within themselves, if they go deep, it's not for me to say anyone's wrong or right. It's like, it's for them to say it for themselves, that they go deep. Because you always know, I always know. Like, if I sit and meditate on, I, know, I find my truth. I know it's right. We sit there and justify it. And it's so funny, like when you get challenged, you're like, nah, I do this because this is what I do. It's best for me. And when someone challenges you and you get so defensive, then you're like, why am I so defensive? I'm like, whoa. And then you start like looking and you find your truth and you're like, whoa, I do do that. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? I do search for validation in that way. Whoa, like, fuck, that is me. And it's so hard to look at yourself. But you're seeing this firsthand in this like materialistic world. Yeah. Rich, like of this, you know, wealth around you and everything. So what? And you said, like, you never want to be like that. But why do you never want to be like that? What was it for you when you're looking and everyone's like, like when they're valuing, obviously you shared a different value system, but when they're, when they're saying like, okay, I value this Louis Vuitton bag. That is what's important to me in my life. Yeah. What was your thought? Like, why did that not resonate with you? Probably just because from a very young age, obviously I've had the privilege of having like a near death experience, which I, I think is a privilege because... I look at life like, oh, my privilege. God, like every day I'm like, I, every day I literally think like, thank you for this day. <laughs> I, I don't know who I'm thanking, but <laughs> yeah. maybe the universe, but I'm just like, oh, man, like so grateful to be alive. And so when you go from a place of like nearly dying and not and then losing your mom and then and then you go to a world where people are so crazy rich and they just care about silly, silly things you just realize that that all these little issues aren't issues. And that's why I think I found it hard to connect, is that for a long time, 
I would like I would never get upset about anything because yeah because I was like well nothing can compare to like me losing my mum which might be like <laughs> quite bad as a child because I'm not actually like I don't know yeah reacting how I should be reacting but yeah. that's that's where I really respect the Wilson family like Jeff Dr. Jeff Wilson and and, and, and their children because he's been a successful guy in his life yet he's still chosen to put his kids through hardship and he's put them through hardship by adventure mm. by adventure outdoors by making by testing them yeah. you know what I mean and making them step up and like I, I was in this relationship where the girl like there was everything was a problem yeah. and for me there was no problem in life and like there's no problems because the thing is I've had to deal with so much worse this yeah. isn't a problem. You know, when you're looking at that, when you're in that environment, you're looking at someone going, oh, I just, I just spilled water on my Louis Vuitton bag. Three and a half oh, my God, this is the worst thing. I was like, it's not a problem. You wipe it off. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not going to affect me. You know what I mean? And when someone, like, they, they want you to, like, it's not real. It's like, it's like, so I kind of, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, you can't, you can't share values in this. Like, you can't, because it's like, that's not real. And it's funny, like, and I said this on that podcast, Nepal Surviving Nepal. It's like, Alan Watts says, like, was it on that? Alan Watts says, you know, awakening to extreme circumstances, near-death experiences yeah. wake you up to life. They, they make you realize, like, what's important. It's holding on to the things. This is why I hate holding on to grudges, why I really like to, like, right my wrongs yeah. or, like, clear the air with people because life's too fucking short, right? Know, yeah. And it's like life's too short to worry about that water that spilt on the thing. It's like we can't control it. Why are we trying to control our environment? We can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like we can observe it and react to it. We can't control it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when we, and like when we try and do that, like we just lose because you can't control. So it's like a, what, the reason why you said before like that near-death experience was like this amazing thing for your life is because you learned that. You woke up. And I always wonder, I'm like, why the fuck do we need that? experience to wake up like imagine just having it and it, and it's part of like the riddle that we need to feel it for ourselves it's part of like why the the guru gives you a riddle he doesn't tell you the answer so it doesn't stay on the surface level it goes deeper and you actually feel it so you know it and that's why i think adventuring is so important or challenging yourself in life is so important because it puts you in that situation puts you in that situation of having to be responsible mm. learning for yourself because if everything's just peaches and cream all the time you go like Oh fuck! I just dropped my water bottle. Now my day's wrecked. Oh, this is, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like you become this little bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You actually yeah. do, and you the things, and then you you lose sight of what matters. It used to just trip me out, like having arguments, like you know, you know. Oh, I shouldn't bring this. No, like it, it trips me out when you watch people have arguments about spilt milk, and you're like doesn't matter you guys love each other that's what matters you know what i mean like yeah, yeah there might be underlining issues that you need to like communicate and come to the party with or something but it's just like you know like yeah it's just definitely but like those those kids in monaco like i felt sorry for them because they didn't have the perspective that i did so like in their world they've been brought up that that shit matters so mm. it's like like I don't, I don't hate them or anything. Like I just feel, so, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. yeah. To be like handed everything is probably the worst thing that I, could happen to you. <laughs> I got this mate, um, Aaron. He's a Malaysian guy. He's speaking about yourself in third person. <laughs> yeah. And he's this is a Malaysian mate. Oh. Now this guy is absolutely brilliant. I met him in Indonesia. And he's surfing. He's just a 
little like there's a guy he was so he's from Singapore Malaysian like Chinese Malay Chinese Singaporean from memory sorry they're, I think they're just on the border of Malay or they're in Singapore but very intelligent dude Chinese family wanting to adventure wanting to surf he did a biological he did a marine science degree that his parents he was telling me like he was out having fun. He was working uh, as a marine biologist off the coast of Malaysia, doing all these tests, like doing all these um, expeditions and having so much fun. And he's like, yeah, I'm just having fun for now and then I've got to go be a lawyer, right? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean you can go be a lawyer? He's like, oh, my dad's a lawyer. I've got to do what he tells me to do. I've got to... Yeah. And, he, and I was like, what? what are you, you're having so much fun, do this. And he's like, no. And he was telling me that he was so lucky that he had parents that allowed him to go have a bit of fun. And he said... And I was like, what are you talking about? You've got like an extremely successful career as a marine biologist. And he's like, yeah, but my parents just see it as a bit of mucking around right now. Literally, that was like his gap years. You know what I mean? Of doing something so meaningful. And then he had to, and I was like, but do you like lawyer? He's like, no, I hate it. Anyway, but he had to become a lawyer for his parents. Did he do it? Yes. (gasps) And he's miserable at it and he hates (gasps) it. But he's like, for him, it was like the pride, like he, you know, he had to do what he's, but it, that's that world that he lives in where someone, it's someone else's ideals yeah. have been set upon him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so he's lost himself within that. You know, what's, what's crazy? It's probably not even his parents' ideals. It's what they got told. Yeah. It's what they got told. Definitely. You know what I mean? So these kids, it's like, they're getting told like, these are what's important. Yeah. And that, those kids, well, you said they feel sorry for him because the thing is they just don't know. Yeah, they, they don't know, know that, like because they've been told that's what you have to. You know how I said my conditioning. Mm. I've like when I said I've like now I live down in the bush in, in in Crescent and like I just feel like the more I learn about myself and connect to nature down there, the more shackles come off. And the when I come back up into the Gold Coast or around Byron, I feel like shackles get put back on me. Yeah, because it's like the conditioning or collective consciousness. But I was saying like if a pygmy in Papua New Guinea was to come live how I'm living out in like off the grid he'd be like you're so privileged like this is not real you've got so many shackles on yourself you know what i mean yeah so it's like there's no right or wrong on that spectrum but for me it's like where i was conditioned it's like i can't do it anymore because i learned so much about myself that i was like wow that's just a condition that thing that i thought was me or that thing that i thought i had to do like oh i have to have a car that looks this nice and is respectable and blah blah next thing i go away and like now it's like I'm living in the bush. It's like I need a car that's practical for that area. You know, I drive troopies. Yeah. You know what I mean? People look at me weird when I'm in the city or driving through Sydney or something. I've got this like bulked up troopie with dirt all over it. Like, yeah, you see the odd one in the city that's like maybe all clean cut and ready for the weekend getaway. But I get like the weirdest looks, you know what I mean? When Because you're so out of place. And, you know, like when I come back to the Gold Coast, those shackles that were on me at that time was like, no, I can't have a car like this. I have to have a car that's, you know, clean car and good, you know, blah, blah. And then people look at me like, yeah, he fits in here, you mm. know. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I've got to do. And so, like, the box of cars that I would look at would be, like, not necessarily ones that I really dreamt of. I always dreamed of owning a troopie. Yeah. You know? And then, like, I went away and realized it was just shackles. And I took... I, grabbed a key and I took the shackle off and I went, wow, wow, I want to drive a troopy. It's and it's so practical for me. And then when I come back to the Gold Coast or like these areas, I'm like, oh, I should, you know, like I feel, I find the shackles start coming back on. And But it's just my conditioning. Yeah, but you're so aware of it. And now you're like, you have your freedom, which is so empowering because so many people don't have that. Yeah, but I, I, I'm so, the, the downship to that downsize is that, that I'm so aware of my freedom getting taken away. You know what I mean? I don't like stoplights. 
because they tell me they tell me like I don't like, I can't handle stoplights anymore or, or traffic. I've become impatient in that way because it's something telling me I can't go. You know what I mean? Because I'm not used to them anymore. You know what I mean? So suddenly, like coming, it's like not a charge. It doesn't make me angry, but it makes me slightly anxious. It's like, but I want to go. Why is this thing telling me to stop? And I get it because we need it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah. we'd be in chaos without it because we're. But it's just like, in a way, I've just become ultra selfish. It's just like, I just want my space to go play. Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. I feel like that's good. Everyone, I mean. If everyone I, did I don't, it, it'd I don't be think, I don't chaos. think it's selfish, though. <laughs> it'd be chaos. No one would be stopping at light. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's hugely empowering. What mm-hmm. age did you kind of realize that? Where you were like, YOLO, going to do my own thing. I think I've always been like that. That's really good. You know what? No, I've always, I've never been like, I've always I've always been I've always been the kid who you put the if you put a leash on him he just kicks and jumps around and like can't handle runs into the fence. you know if you put a leash on a dog that's not used to it he just like tries to get it off he's just freaking out you know what I mean you yeah. got to pull it harder and harder yeah. and you pull it until I until I you know like at school I was always in trouble always yeah. getting attention like I wasn't naughty like I, I suppose I was but like I was just like, like I said, I was straight A, straight D student. Yeah, yeah. If I liked it, I'd do it. If I didn't, I'm like, fuck, not doing this. <laughs> Looking out the window. You know? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, like biology, loved it, got A's. English, hated it, got D's. Sat there looking out the window. Yeah. And they're like, you got to do this. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm like, all right, go to detention. Oh, damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoopsie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so <laughs> we got a bit distracted, but all yeah, good. but rants are the best. That's oh, when I learn because the thing is, like, even when I'm talking, I'm like, I don't know. This is my this is my truth right now, and I'm learning and I'm figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. And this is how we learn about ourselves or learn about ideas where we want to go in life, just by bouncing around ideas and what what's meaningful to us. You know, like you talking about that, like it sparks so it makes me understand this anxiousness that I get when I go to the city. You mm. know what I mean? Like when I come to where that collective consciousness values different things to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You saying like your experience like that reminds me or makes me realize that it's okay that I feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Got to own your differences. Yeah, so Great. thank you. Okay, okay. Rant <laughs> done. Okay, so you've moved back. So you were there for one year, three years? So, yeah, we were in Monaco for three years. I was at school, but I was at school for Monaco for one year. Then I went to school at Nice because it was just a lot more kind of normal kids there. (laughs) And then for the last year that Dab is in Monaco, I went to boarding school in England, which was pretty cool. you moved around so... I know, yeah. Was it hard for you as a kid moving from different places and like, and, you know, like, would you do that to your kids? Yeah, it's hard because, like, I've been to 12 schools, which is just, like, insane. Um... And I, I love that because, like, it makes me a very confident person and, like, I feel like I can, like, easily connect with people, which is a very handy skill to have. Um, but in saying that, I'm not sure if I would want to move around that much when I'm older, but yeah. I guess we'll see. So for your parent, like, it built strength in you, like, social skills. Oh, absolutely. Like, every time we moved, I'd be like, no! But then it was just, like, so good because it just threw me into, like, new new adventures and like dad it was like like since the age of eight i've been very independent like even if i needed stuff signed for school dad would be like nah nah you fill it out nah you go do this and like he's just so chill he's always like do whatever you want to do 
he's got no no leash on me at all. That's so cool. Yeah, my mum's my always been like that. She's, whatever you're doing is amazing. Yeah, she sounds amazing. Every yeah. time you speak about her on the pod, I'm like, oh, bless. Oh, she is. No, well, she, that's just always been her attitude. It's like she, like my real dad, if I ever go see him, he puts limitations on me of, of who he thinks I should be. Mm. You know what I mean? Dangerous. Yeah. So it's like, no, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. You need to be doing this. And I suppose it comes from love. Mm. But my mum's just like... I don't know what you should be doing, but you obviously know. She has trust in me to make right decisions. My mum brought me up to think from my heart, and she's like, as long as you think from your heart, you're okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, she has trust in me that I'm making the right decisions based on my heart and love in my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, whatever I do is fine. Like, if I was a bum, I don't know. Mum's just stoked with whatever I do. You know what I mean? That. Yeah, it's really but important. She would be highly disappointed, like if I went and it would break her heart if I went and robbed someone. Oh yeah, obviously. you know what I mean? Because <laughs> she'd just be like, "I, you know, that's not you coming from your heart." You know what I mean? Like why? You know, it's just like so. She's just been ultra supportive, and it's just exactly that that freedom. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, which is great because I don't know what I would have done if if I had been raised by a classic parent who's like, "You must get straight A's. You must." go to uni you must become a lawyer like well yeah gross <laughs> yeah where were we so yeah, where are we what's a, happening <laughs> an hour yeah yeah an hour, a year in england at at boarding school now yes okay so this is the year this is the year i finally like actually mourned to the death of my mum and I'm pretty sure I cried like every single day, which is probably really extreme. But how did, how did that come up for you? Like, why was that the tipping point? Yeah, I think, uh, I think probably just getting older and starting to realize like, shit, this is real. Like, mum's not coming back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And just again seeing like my friends' parents and stuff and stuff. So yeah, that was a year I fully mourned and accepted. I was probably a bit of a Debbie Downer to be around, but um, it was also the year I met this girl who literally changed my life and her name is Tilly. We love Tilly. And I think I'm in year nine at this point. I'm in year nine. Yeah. And she, like, cause so for settings, this school is quite small and pretty much everyone was border. It's co-ed. So you can imagine, you know, everyone living together, co-ed. Yeah. It Gossip is just hot, you know? Everything yeah. goes around, everyone gossips, everyone says nasty things, and it's terrible that that's a thing, but it is. Anyway, and so, like, everyone would involve, and, like, I remember being, like, involved. It was naughty, Andy, naughty. Um, anyway, and I remember this girl, Tilly, would just be kind to everyone, like, everyone, and there was definitely, you know, social status at school, but she would be kind to every single person. She'd never say a bad word, and it wasn't fake. It was, like, pure and genuine, and, like, we're still in contact to this day, but when I moved back to Australia after a year of being there because my siblings were going to uni there, so Dad was like, let's all just move back to Australia. So I moved back to Australia and I started a new school and I was like, okay, that's it. I need to be a better person. So I'm going to always think, like, what would Tilly do? Yeah, so um, yeah. yeah. So I guess I trained myself <laughs> to be a nicer kind of human and just, like, I wasn't a shitty human. I just, like, no, but you partaked in, like, the bad you, yeah, you saw traits within yourself that you didn't like yeah. and you practiced doing something different. 
and that's yeah. what became you. Yeah, definitely. whatever we whatever we practice, we become good at. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if you practice loving yourself, you become good at it. You know, mm-hmm. it's what Rio says. Conversation with Light and Elder. He's like, you want to love yourself. Like if you want to be better, he's like, practice doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to put people down. You don't want to gossip. No, absolutely not. You never feel good when you say bad things about other people. Yeah, and you know, I when people are like. You know when people give those backhanded like, they're like, oh, I shouldn't really be saying this, but. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, I really love them, but, and I do that. And I'm like, fuck, why do I say a but? It's not for me to know how that person should be. Oh, we definitely have like our little moments and slip ups, but. You know, you know when like someone's annoyed you and you might like have a rant to your friend. Like I find if I actually bring it up and I start talking about it, it actually just annoys me more. And I'm just like, I'm actually just getting upset even more. This isn't therapeutic at all. Yeah. So I'll go have a meditation instead and feel so much more calm and, and realize that I can't control them. I can just control how I, how I react, Yeah. which is important. It's, it's so much easier said than done because I can oh, do it in a lot of scenarios. And then I, I have one mate right now that I really love and really, really value, but I'm, I'm like, just, just just separating myself right right now a little bit and it's only because I'm insecure in this one part of my life that I'm trying to work on and get good at like mm-hmm. I'm learning something and he's already knows more than me at it but he's insecure in his own self that he's not doing it he's like he's not applying it right so he just kind of keeps putting me down or like oh, saying like no yeah. I'm not good enough or I can't do it <gasps> what he's doing is saying like I'm on that journey of trying to get from point A to point B. And he's saying, like, you'll never make it because within himself he th- thinks he can't. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, I've done you. it before, be careful of the crocodile at turn B. I love using that a- analogy. <laughs> you know, be careful, like, on your journey, just be careful of this. You know what I mean? But believes, still believe in the person, but just give him, like, the thing. So it's like, and just the fact that he thinks like that, has really uh, about me is like really affected me as in like I can't stop thinking about it, getting these negative thoughts like what like just I don't want to be around him and I th- start thinking poorly of him and it's nothing and it's just like we say all these things and I was saying to Rio the other day it's like we say all these things but what's how do I deal with that yeah you know what I mean because I know I know because I don't want to judge him and I know he's I know that it's he's only judging me out of his own insecurity I can see all that yeah yeah you know what I mean I can see all that and I know it's only triggering me because I feel insecure because I'm not competent in what I'm doing, what I'm learning right now because I'm only learning. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it sparks me because I feel incompetent. You know what I mean? It's my insecurity. If I didn't feel insecure, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. His actions, whatever he said, like if someone come up to me and goes, hey, oi fatty, I wouldn't feel insecure because I'm not fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shredded. You know what I mean? No, no. You know what I mean? It's just like like someone would come up and be like, oh, you're looking like you're overweight or something. I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. It wouldn't bother me because I don't feel that. But yeah. if I was like on a feeling overweight and not the best about myself and someone came up and went, oh, you're looking overweight, I'd be like, oh, I am. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It would only spark something in me because it's a, you know, insecurity in me. But now I've been wondering lately, it's just like, okay, so this scenario is happening. And I know on the surface level, like I know like, oh no, it's not right. It's For him, he's still coming from love, but it's just more a reflection on him of his own insecurity. And it's only like reflecting on me 
right now and sparking a thing in me of my own insecurity. But I'm like, how do I deal with it? Because I really like this guy and I really love him and I really love him in my life. But right now, I'm just like, my way to deal with it is just not have him in my life right now while I'm doing this one thing. And it's hurting the relationship I have with this guy because I'm not spending time with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you tried talking to him? Yeah. uh, Yeah, Ah, see, no, I have, but he doesn't get it. Oh, he doesn't get it? Yeah. Did you fully explain everything? Yeah. No, no, not to to that extent. This is like a therapy session. I love it. No, it's kind of like, no, but it's learning. You know what I mean? Like just then I was like, yeah, well, maybe there's more I could say. But the thing is, and then I come down to it. It's like, how do I know how someone else should be? You know, and then it's just like, that's what I keep. So it's like, we have all these skills and like, yeah, you should do this. But then sometimes applying it is so much harder. Yeah, Because it's like, I don't know how he should be, but it's like, I know how I should be. And like, it's like trying to say that that doesn't work for me. Yeah. And then it keeps happening. And so it's like, well, I don't, you know, and people are like, hey, like other people's actions, you don't have to let them affect you. You can just be positive. And then sometimes it's so much harder, even oh, with all the skills is. you have, yeah. you know. hundred percent. I think it's like. Like, especially at my age, like 21, I'm sure maybe you've experienced it, but I saw this quote and it was like 18 to 25, the the age of like, um, what's it called? Flexible friendship? No, like short-term friendships or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of people coming into your life and leaving because like I'm just meeting so many people. Well, everyone's also learning about themselves. Yeah, They're 100%. finding who they are. And so like I always find too it's a good age. Like, I remember I had this girlfriend – for years when I was like 21, 19, 21 and stuff. And we, we did two around the world trips together and we're best mates. She's a legend. And I, man, I fucking love her. We're great mates. But she was the perfect chick for me when I was 19, yeah. 20 and 21. Like we're sick. Like we had a sick time. But it's just like, yeah, then she, as I grew and separate and she grew separate, then it wasn't. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just like, you know, and, and I remember friends. I look back on friends that I had that I would party with or something. And they were the perfect mates for me at that time. But now I don't have, and I'm like, and I don't even try and hold on to, I've got a lot of love for him and friendship, but it's just like there's, we've just grown in different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's just like, oh, I'm over here doing this now. It's cool. I love you. Yeah. You're doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm, I'm like currently navigating through that whole friendships and like recently or not recently, but in the last like year and a so I've been like really looking at my circle and being like, okay, do they like influence me to grow and be a better person or... Are they not? And like, there are a few people who are like subtly cold <laughs> from my life, but like, still love them, and they they don't know, <laughs> they don't know, but like, they just. I love the quotes like, "Show me your show me your friends, I'll show you your future." It's like yeah. so important to have people around you who like help you grow and like want to be a better person. That's been the most in, important thing in my life. Like, especially on this journey with adventure, this podcast surrounding myself by amazing people inspires me so much. And it's just like, that was one thing that I, I also did too. And I've told this story before that when I was, I was in Indonesia and I had some mates just like, just write me off for doing this podcast. Just like, what the fuck? Just wanted me to just get drunk and party with them. And I was like, oh, just, and I love them. But I was just like, I was just like, I was just remember like, whoa, like this is, I just, for me at the time, I was like, whoa, this is not helping no. But those mates over there that love me just as much and all that, it's like they're supporting me and saying, hey, like, hey, and they're doing some cool shit. If I go hang out with them, it's fine what I'm doing. I can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's allowed. It's like they're saying, no, nah, it's all cool. And I went and it's just like freaking like, I've got to say huge big ups to Haydar Logie in, in Iceland. 
Go Haydar. Yeah, Haydar is he's like the freaking Heath Ledger of Iceland over there, man. But he's just he's just so focused, so so focused on having fun, like mental health, like with his own mental health, with his own like what he wants in life, his own career. He's just been a huge teacher to me, and we're great mates. But it's like I don't give him like hanging around with him and that crew over there was so inspiring. Yeah, I can imagine. Because everyone's just fucking sending it and having a good time and loving each other and loving nature and just doing, sharing my values. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just, I just went and aligned myself with them and then doing that with them, like my life just projected so much because it was, it was sharing, I I wasn't fighting against anything. I was allowing to be 100% me, hanging around with people that shared the same values. Yeah, 100%. So my life just freaking projected. I love that. You know? Yeah. Well, your vibe attracts your tribe. I fully believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, called a few people, got a lot of cool new people like Jim and Sandy and Nat and George and all those guys. And they're like so adventurous and they're willing to take risks. And it's just like really inspiring because they also want to go against the norm, not on purpose to be different, but because they don't want to follow the path of like a boring nine to five and stuff. Just... Yeah. What they find, what's boring to them. Yeah, 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 100%. I couldn't agree more. So it's great having that awesome circle of support. What would you say to someone having a near-death... Because you've had a near-death experience. So you've, you've learned deep down. Yeah. Deep down. Mm-hmm. Like, you know this, right? You know that every day is amazing. Like, you know it. Yeah. Everyone listening to this right now knows it because they've read it. They know that. So it's like, you know, but it's like, how, like, how do we tell someone that it's real like how do we get that across who hasn't experienced who it? hasn't experienced it? like i've experienced it you know what i mean it's just like yeah is that, is that what you <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to think like i'm just trying to think like how it's just like i know like you've got to feel this like it's just like oh man you nearly died mm. twice yeah and then you had your mum pass away on you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, what three kicks to the gut do you need to be like, hey, fuck, look how short life is. Yeah, but it's crazy because, like, before before we, like, recorded this, you were like, you don't have to say anything, you don't want to and stuff. But, like, I look at my childhood and I think I had an insanely privileged, amazing childhood. So I guess it's, like, perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And, like, my mum passing is, like, obviously, like, you know, it's just... I can't even put it into words, but um, apart from that, I've just like, I feel like I've been blessed with the most amazing life. I think gratefulness is a huge key of like living your life every day to the fullest, Yeah, which is what I'd say to people who haven't experienced a near-death experience is, is just like looking outside and being like, wow, look how freaking privileged we are or like google kids in africa you know look at some perspective yeah that we're just like so well, we are lucky so lucky that's yeah but that's broadening horizons that's why i tell i was telling my little cousin yesterday she's 17 she doesn't know what she wants to study she started studying dropped out doesn't know and i said just go travel learn about yourself oh, yeah. learn see what the world is like you just broaden your horizons open up your mind you know what i mean yeah. i said and i said all it does is you just learn about yourself in different ways because you put yourself in different scenarios yeah. right so you're going to come back a different person 
because you're going to grow and learn about yourself. And I was like, then you might have a better idea of like what makes you happy. Yeah, 100%. Because you've gone out and experienced different things. Yeah. You know, and I, I just like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's one thing that I could pass on. Yeah, what would the, you say? I don't know. Mine was a bit cringy. I'm like, just be grateful. <laughs> no, but in that, there's this game that I play and it's called, what do I call it? It's like the art of, um, it's like, it's pretty much the art of gratefulness, right? Yeah. And it's like, to me, having the, having the, or like having the, the saying in my mind of like, everything comes into my life for a reason. It's there to teach me. Yeah. Right? A hundred percent. When I do that, I can look at everyone in my life with love. You know what I mean? And I can look at yep. everyone in my life, anyone, and just like go, wow, they're the hugest teacher for me. They're teaching me so much. And when I see that, I can, all I'm left with is love. Like, say, like, I go into the grocery store and I go to pick something, I get in some dude's way, and he, like, you know, I don't know, he's pissed off at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck that guy. Instead of that, it's like looking at that person. If I have this, like, thing in my head, that person came into my life for a reason. What did they there to teach me? And I was like, I end up being thankful and I end up loving that person, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And you can just always put a positive twist on everything. Like, you don't have to be disgustingly positive. You're allowed to react to things. Like, mm. you know, when shitty things happen, you're allowed to be like, oh, fuck. But, like, you have to be able to be like, okay, this happened for this. Because imagine if we got everything that we wanted. I often think about that. And, like, I would be nowhere where I am today because sometimes the universe is like, hey, what you actually want is like, it's not the right thing. Like, mm. it scares me where I'd be if I got everything I thought I wanted. And it's just, it's about the journey. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like building my house. It's just like, it's not about the end product. It's about the journey. Yeah. Doing it. Like, gonna... Everything I'm learning, everything, I'm, it's so testing and like hard and challenging and like, but it like, I have this like level of achievement and fuck, it feels good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Figuring yeah. it out and doing it. And it's just like, that's the thing. It's just like, and it's for me to fuck up. Yeah. And for me to learn and for me to like get better. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting that the things that like give us so much joy and fulfillment are also the things that like are really hard and really challenging. Mm. So it's just like, you have to put yourself in these uncomfortable positions too. You know what I was yeah. going to you know, I said like before, like I, I'm not here to tell anyone how they should be or what they should do. Cause they all know. He's like, I changed my mind. Be this. <laughs> no, I just like, it's just, that is one thing that I can see so much truth in mm. is challenging yourself Yeah, because it makes everything real. Like when you just said before, if I got everything just given to me, it'd be no fun. No. It'd be such a lost soul. Like. You know, and like social media kind of does that with like just giving us images and images what we want, what we want to see, or kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like, and it's no fun. No, it's it's just it's detrimental dangerous. to it to us. But like, you know, like maybe that is the way. You know, before when we we're saying like having that near death experience, mm. you know, humbled you. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. It's humbled. Yeah. You, right. Yeah. And it's like challenging yourself humbles you. Yeah. Because it does make, it makes it real. It makes you have to do something because it's not given to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, and that, so like, 
yeah, it's like that. And we all know it. We Everyone freaking knows. So this, okay, before I was like, oh, oh, no, I'm not here to tell anyone how to be and stuff. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm telling people they should challenge themselves. <laughs> Fuck it out. It's like so simple. Like what I'm thinking about, it's just like, you know, like what else is real? Yeah, well, when you get your life handed to you on a silver platter, it's very hard to, to change that, to like put yourself into challenging situations. You know, like I went to college and um, dad paid for it for my first year but then second year I became completely financially independent so I paid for all of it pay for my whole life now you um but like there's people there who their whole three years their parents paid they pocket money they wear out and their parents still pay for their rent they still get pocket money but like I don't look at them and I'm like oh I'm jealous I look at them like oh I feel sorry for you because you don't understand don't know how to you don't know how to handle money you don't understand mm. it and you probably don't appreciate it to the yeah. level that I do yeah I've yeah even, and I, I've seen that in my own family with people and a mate of mine, he's, yeah, his parents just did everything for him. And when I look at that, I'm not a parent, so I don't, I don't know, but like when I look at that, he's just so incapable and his parents are still, like we're 35 this year, man. I'm 34. He's 35 and his parents still pay for him? Yeah, still do. You know Sorry what I mean? I'm just like, you know this. what I mean? Because he hasn't like, I was just like, whoa. That, and, I, and I think the same thing, like, whoa, that was a bad decision. You know what I mean? It's just, I look at that and just go, I'm not doing that for my kids and it might be so hard not to, but like, just be like, fuck dude, (laughs) go figure it out. Yeah, you need to. You You definitely need to. I think that's where that guidance comes in and that's where like, you don't do it for them, but you give them the guidance. It's the guru. You don't give them the answer, but you give them some guidance to find the answer. Yeah. 100%. I'm having so many life realizations here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I hope the listeners are too. (laughs) Well, yeah, you've passed on like such a... An amazing thing man like you went through like chemo as a kid you went through holistic like you 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 opened your mind to different ways of dealing with things and it worked for you yeah you know what i mean yeah, so definitely. like so big ups to you and then like and then your mum passing away what hardship that's like one of the hardest things to go through and i, I can't even imagine like i can't imagine that i don't ever want to imagine that you know yeah but yeah. it's like you're sitting here today and as you're telling this story you're smiling and you're like you know, like you're having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's definitely because I've, I've fully processed like everything. I actually went to a psychologist like last year because I was struggling to sleep and my friend was like, oh, maybe you should go see a psychologist. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. But um, we talked about all these topics and stuff and she like, she really wanted to talk about my mom like so much. And I was like, yeah, okay, we can keep speaking about it. But she was like, she was like, wow. She was like, everything you've been through, she's like, you should be really, just like, you should be really messed up, but you're not. And you have everything, like you've really, really processed and dealt with everything. So that's why, like, I guess I can talk about it. But also the fact that, like, I just feel like my mum isn't completely gone. I feel like she's always, like, within me and, like, guiding me. And I always think, like, oh, what would, like, mum want? Because she was just this, like, beautiful, giving, adventurous, like, happy um, woman. So... That's yeah. a great, like how you're saying, what would Tilly do? Like, that's a, I think it's, I think that's, when I, it was funny, like, I think it's so brilliant to have a higher entity. Yeah. That's why, like, um, religion can be so brilliant, to have a yeah. higher self, like, to have something. And when I did Vipassana, when I was in India meditating, they said to us, for, for, to everyone, like, and, like, I, I'm not re- religious in that way, but it was like, okay, if you have a God, forget about him, just for these two weeks. 
you have no God. I know it's going to be really hard to do. So it's like, okay, forget about Tilly Mm -hmm. in this two weeks, right? Or like this person, blah, blah. Now replace that with yourself. Wow. You know what I mean? And as in like your hero, they're all going to do the same job, right? Yeah. So if you sit there and you go like, what would Jesus do in this situation? Right, right. He's like, or what would that guy that I really inspire to down the road or that football player do in this situation? You know, I really look up to this person, be like them. But it's just like, okay, now write down who my hero is, who I, what my hero would be if I was a superhero. What would that person do? You know, my most honorable self. Oh, you know what I, I mean? love that. You know, now worship that person. Oh, that's so beautiful. You yeah. know what I mean? Make you your own God because we are our own gods because we create our own reality and our own destiny. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. We create so our own like, reality. I love So this that. is a huge life lesson for me in my life is like making me my own God and making me my own hero. So it's like that's someone for me to look up to is my higher self. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the last couple of years, a lot of my travels and a lot of my my th- and learning about myself is all coming down to honor. Yeah. And like honoring myself, but just even honor, like, right, just like honor with my relationships, with my loved ones, with my friends, with me as a person, like what, you know, it's, it's the warrior, you know what I mean? And it's really helped me become a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? By being honorable, you know what I mean? That's an awesome way of looking at it. Yeah. But it's just like, it's like, what would my hero do? And because we all think we're our hero, you know what I was saying before, like we, it's the hardest thing to look at ourselves. We can't, like it's so hard to do. We're all justifying, oh no, I do this because of this and it's so yeah, hard to yeah. be called out on it. Yeah, definitely. But it's just like, those things, if it's hard for you to be called out on, it's because it's like not what you want to be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not your hero. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I get stuck on like, you know, to admit to, to yourself that, yeah, I get stuck on Instagram and I do this or I do this for validation or I do that. No, no, I don't. It's just like, once you admit that to yourself, it's like, okay, was that what your hero, like what you define as your hero? It's hard for you, you know, mm. accepting those things about yourself because we all have it. Like we all, you know, but it's like, if, yeah, when you put yourself as the hero, does that person, does that trait fall into that? And if you don't like it, it's like you have the, it's, you're your own God. You can change that. If you don't like that thing that you do within yourself that isn't your highest version, right? the best version of yourself, your hero. You can change that. You have the Actually, only you have the power to change that. Yeah. No one else does. No one else can change that for you. You know, you've got to have the responsibility yourself to do it. No one's going to do it for you. I know. So it's like if you want to be that hero instead of pretending to be that hero, be that fucking hero. You know what I mean? Yes. Everyone go be kings and queens. Love it. No, just be you. Yeah, just be you. Yeah. Uh, That's a beautiful way of looking at it. Yeah. Man, I'm learning... (laughs) <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. What? Yeah. I'm learning. So okay. So, wait, so you're in boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> also, no, I think we kind of fully nailed that story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was like the proce- pr- processing of your mom, and then like what Tilly taught you, and that's like who you are. It's like be who Tilly is. Be who Tilly is. So what do you what do you do now? Like, is that how you went through through high school and how you bettered yourself? Is just like by doing what what Tilly would do um I think yeah that gave me that gave me a good um snap into being like a kind person and now I feel like it's like who I am so now I don't really need to ask who is Tilly what would Tilly do because it's more like what would Andy do because I am that you know yeah that's so brilliant that's the perfect example when Rio says practice anything and you'll become that yeah yeah 
yeah, 100%. Practice Hello. loving yourself. Here I am being like, I'm such a kind person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. And someone comes yeah. past, like, fuck you, man. <laughs> get, <laughs> do you ever get angry? Come on, we all get angry. Do I get angry? Oh, I used to get, I used to get really angry as a kid. Like, mm. so angry. Fuck yes. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck it. I'd just swear all the time and only to my family. And then I'd be like so innocent to children, uh, to like my friends. Yeah. But nowadays, no, I, I can't remember the last time I got angry. Oh yeah, we all I'll have get like moments. annoyed. I got pissed off the other day. You got pissed it was, off the other day. It was like such a learning curve. Like every time, every time, every time I get annoyed or pissed off or whatever, it's a great opportunity for me to look at myself because mm. I'm sitting there in that moment blaming someone else. Yeah, and, and I'm like, it's like it's not their fault. And the next thing I'm like. I get to look at myself and you're like, whoa, I'm an idiot. You know, like I'm just figuring it out. I have no freaking idea. And like how you're saying, like you said, what did you say earlier about like me sharing something like really ins- inspired you in a way or like, I don't know, we're talking about something. I was like, but I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I was talking about how, um, yeah, listening to your podcast, it makes me be like, oh my gosh, I can do all these things and I can go on these epic adventures. And yeah. then you were like, well, didn't mean to be inspiring. <laughs> Yeah, well, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, wait, but how's right now? We're sitting next to this field over here, and there's some cows in it. I reckon we go for a little um hunt. Yeah. What are you feeling? Do you want to go pick some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you'd like to leave on? Oh. Is there anything you feel like you missed out? I think that. Can we just quickly talk about happiness? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Because I, I often get asked, like, how I'm so happy and stuff. Obviously, processing your emotions is a big one. Like, I'm not happy all the time. That would be really weird if I was. You'd yeah. be like a psychopath because then you wouldn't feel sadness. So I definitely do feel sad, but I just deal with it probably in a healthy way. Acknowledge it, feel it, yeah. and then move on. But I feel like the root of all evil is definitely comparison. And so, like, if anyone's listening to this and they're not feeling happy, maybe they're you know, we constantly compare ourselves, especially on social media. So I feel like it's important just to talk about that and mm-hmm. to talk about like, don't, even when I was like looking at you last night, I was like, man, he's so adventurous. He does this. And then I was like, am I comparing myself? Like I can just respect you and mm, and you. appreciate the stuff you do and take inspiration, but I don't need to be Aaron because you're your own person yeah. and no one needs to be me because I'm my own person. You know what I mean? I feel and like life we... would be boring. If oh, life would be so it. boring. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about judgment, you know, and there's a podcast, I don't know if I'll put it out before this or after this or whatever, and other conversations in the line elder that I did with Rio. And one of the main topics we talked about was he said this amazing thing to me. And he said, when is anything a problem when your life's amazing? And like... I took that as an analogy and my version of that was sliding down a water slide. And as I'm sliding down that water slide, what the, what else matters? I'm having so much fun in that moment that the parking ticket I got yesterday is not an issue. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm having so much fun in that moment that what my ex-girlfriend said to me 10 years ago doesn't matter. Doesn't I'm having so much fun in that moment that like, well, I could keep going with these analogies. Just like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, when my life is amazing, that spilt milk does not matter. So for me, it was like, all right, I'm sitting here and I'm going, fuck this guy. This guy shouldn't be like this, whinging about this or like annoyed and frustrated. It's like, 
It's only, it's on me, not on them. Yeah. Because my life's, what am I doing right now that I feel the need that this is a problem? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when my life's amazing and when I have my life in order and I'm doing everything, being, and what that is is being my authentic self. Yeah. What that is is loving me and not doing it for anyone but myself, you know, just being me, living my truth, yeah. my honorable truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's well, a different thing, my hero, you know? When I'm that, when I'm my hero, when I'm doing my honorable me, I'm fucking happy because I love myself. And within that, then that just like spreads love to everyone. Yeah. You know, as yes. soon as that's out of balance, I'm sitting here putting like reject, uh, projecting like anger, annoyance, frustration onto other people. And that was the, one of the huge realizations, you know, like any judgment on someone else is a judgment on ourselves. Yeah. That is freaking it right so there at true. another depth, at a different level. It's like, wow, fuck that like hit home so much as when I was like, oh my God, as soon as I'm not happy looking at someone else, it's on me. It's yeah. so much on me because if I was sliding down that water slide right now, that would not bother me. If I was so happy with everything in my life and myself right now, that would not bother me. You can't put me down because it does not matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, that's a really cool quote that he said. And like, it's just, I feel like people think, oh, to have the amazing life, I need to have this, I need to have this, I need to have this. But it's just like it's not that at all because if you have a tick list, it's probably never ending. I think it's being like, yeah, being your true yeah. authentic self and just fully yeah. being grateful no, for this. Like Jordan Peterson says, like art to happiness is, is starting with cleaning your room. You know what I mean? Small ticks have that tick list. But have like just like little ones. That yes. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not getting into the whole trap of like, okay, yeah. I need to have a house. I need to have a house to be happy. And a job and a million dollars. What about like, <laughs> it'd be nice to have a house, but it, like, it's going to be fun saving. I'm going to go get this job. I'm going to do that to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm going to go have fun, do this, tick that off the box, and I'll get the next one, you know? It's funny. Well, that's what a midlife crisis is. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's literally like because you started, you know, like, you're, you're at school and you're like, oh, when I get to high school, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be the big dog. I'll be sick. Then you mm. get to high school you're from the bottom. Oh, when I finish high school, I'll be, oh, I'm an adult. I'm sick. Then you start at university and you're like, oh, when I, when I get my degree and I'm there, I, I would have made it. And then suddenly you, you get the first job and you're an intern. And you're like, oh, fuck, when I, when I work up and become a man, I would have made it. Next thing you're a CEO of this company. You're sitting there at your desk. You're 40 years old and you've got a house and everything you want. And you go, oh, fuck, I'm here. And you go, oh, shit. Everything's the same. Life's the same. You know a realization I had the other day on my land? Yeah. This is a huge realization. I was sitting on my land, on my property, in my house, and my house is like a freaking tree house. I, and there's Love just, that. it's absolutely amazing where I'm living and how I'm living. I have to, like, it's just for me, it's my dream. And I was sitting there going, and I had this realization. I go, holy fuck, right now I'm living my dream. This Aww. is my dream place. My dream, this is my dream. I'm doing it. I'm living it. Yeah. And then I realized, I was like, huh. I'm no more content than I what I was five years ago or 10 years ago or two years ago or one year ago or six weeks ago. You know what I mean? And it's all about the journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving getting there and I'm feeling it. But it's like it's that isn't what's making me happy. Yeah, it's my dream and I'm living it. But it's the journey that's making me happy. It's the now. It's yeah. the fucking moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like a mate said to me, like sitting in a mate's place, and I might have said this in podcasts before, but I was sitting in a mate's place and – in Lennox Head, and he's got this nice outdoor area that he's built. It's beautiful. And I said to him, I was like, oh, he's got this nice couch. We're sitting on having morning coffee. And I go to him, remember how you used to have the milk crates? And he used to sit on that? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, you know what? 
I was just as content sitting on those milk crates and having my morning coffee than what I am sitting on this couch. But he goes, you know what? I would never go back. And I was like, wow. And I was like thinking about it. It's like right now I'm living my dream life. Yeah. I'm having so much fun doing that. But I was like, just before I was like living in a tent. Yeah. And I was having so much fun. I was just as content. I was having so much fun on the journey to get to the house. You know, and before that I was living in my trippy. Before that I was living in a swag. You know what I mean? All of them was their journey. I was, had so much fun doing each one. Now I'm in the house. I wouldn't go back outside and live in a tent because I don't need to. No. You know what I mean? But I was just as content. Oh, you know what I mean? Because so it was the good, journey, though. you know? Yeah. You know, but the whole way of doing every one of those steps was such a challenge that I got to feel accomplishment. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. So I know how to live in a tent. And if I need to do that, I will. It's like, right, it's like, fuck, I don't need to. Don't need to. So why would I? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like enjoying the journey. Yeah. It sounds like every step of the way you've really been like, okay, this is what I want to do. Screw what everyone else thinks. This is what I want to do. In a positive way, not in a It's been the way. hardest thing. It's a bit as hard to do. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Because gotcha. it makes you question yourself. And you have to just like believe in yourself enough to know that like doing, being you is okay. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. It's like, that was the biggest thing in me is like realizing like, it's okay to be me. Yeah. You know, it's okay to do what I want. It's okay to be me, you know? And that is like, in a way it's like, yeah, fuck you, everyone. I'm going to be me. But it isn't. It's not fuck you, everyone. It's like, everyone, I love you, but that's all cool. You do your thing. I don't need to have a hatred towards you, like trying to, you know? Yeah. It's just like, but I'm going to be me, man. I'm going to have fun doing this. You know, like when you're at a party or something and you're just having so much fun and people are like, oh, Aaron, like, nah, don't, don't do that, like, or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's you, man. I'm going to dance. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, had this, I had a friend get annoyed at me one time because we all went to this band, Oka, my favorite band to see live. Because you just dance like crazy. Like, they're like a, a indigenous, like, tribal music, like, house music. It's just this fun, real fun music. You don't stop dancing. Awesome. And we went and saw them at Kingscliff Pub. And we all went in. And I was so excited. And I was really into it. And everyone stood, all my mates stood at the back. And I said to them, hey, does anyone want to come at the front, front and dance? And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're happy back here. And I was like, ah, oh, cool. I'm going up the front. And Heck I went yes. up the front and just danced my ass off. One mate joined me at one stage and I met some other friends in there and I had the sickest time. The end of the night, we came out and I went back to my friends. We were having a beer and then my mate's cousin had come from WA to see us and she got annoyed at me. What? For not spending time with him and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's on you, man. I was like, like, I offered for you to come up. You guys want to hang back here? It's all cool. Yeah. But I'm like, I was, man, I just had so much fun. You know oh, what I mean? I love that. Yeah. I was like, now I'm here to spend time with you. And I was before. But you know what I mean? It's just like I wasn't going to limit myself in that experience as selfish as it is. But fuck, man. I just allowed my ha- myself to go have so much fun. And in that moment, I was like, cool, you guys are doing this. But me, I'm going to go do this because this is what's going to, what I'm going to enjoy doing. And I'm going to love myself enough to go do that. And I went and had so much freaking fun. Yes. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a, one of the biggest things I've ever learned is that like, no one actually cares. Like, no one cares. Like, even if that girl, like, got annoyed at you for, like, a split second, like, she's, she's not going to, like, stay well, she's just night annoyed being, with like, herself. I don't know what it was. It's just, we're well, just trying to control the situation. Yeah, but it's like, whatever you do in life, you always think, oh, what happens if people think of this? Like, people think, like, very little of you. Not little of you, but, like, they don't think about you often. They're yeah. just, like, thinking about themselves. Like, do what you want to do. Like, who the heck cares? Yeah. Yeah. Get up and dance. Get up and dance. I always just think for me, it's like, 
I'm going to have as much fun as possible as long as it doesn't hinder anyone else. You know, I was saying yeah. before about like, I really, that where we picked, at, when I picked, jumped that fence and into that field, <laughs> that lady there has caught me there before. Well. And I had a really nice chat with her and she let me go into her property and that. And I said, I really respect her. Yeah. So I don't want to, she, like, I don't want to cross any boundaries with her for, through my own selfishness because I love her. Like yeah. she was a very nice lady in that. So it's like, I'm still going to go and have fun and be me, but I'm not going to trample on her to do it. Yes. I'm glad you added that in. You know what I mean? I don't yes. want to trample on anyone. It's, um, I, I snuck into a festival last weekend <laughs> and had heaps of fun. Oh my God. We just sent it. It was hilarious. And you could tell we weren't meant to be in there because it was a doof and it was like people were very dressed up and I'd just come from um, a launch party and I was dressed up in a different way, you know, oh. like a quite clean cut. And at one stage, me and my mate are like, let's go out the front and we're pretty off it. So like, let's go get some beers out of the car. Walked past the main entrance, of course, and the organizer's like, hey, you guys, are you supposed to be in here? I was like, damn it, they kicked us out. So that's all cool and I said fuck alright now I had this anxiety like, I had to get back in and tell my mates and some of my mates had tickets to say hey like we've been kicked out there's no way of letting them know there's no reception nothing and I had had so much fun up to this point this was about 2am in the morning anyway so I snuck back in with my mate <laughs> and then I went and I found everyone danced through a little bit and I said hey I'm going to go um, I'm going to go down the beach and go dance go for a swim do my own thing mm. and all my mates are like no 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 fuck them like blah blah and I said no I said I actually really respect what these people have done they've put on a great festival for everyone you know everyone here is enjoying it I've been able to enjoy it all night and I've had so much fun but right now if I continue and they catch me again it's like these people that I really respect for putting this on I'm disrespecting them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't get up me for being in here. They said, hey, you're not supposed to be in here. Like, come on, it's a ticketed event. You guys go. They were all cool about it. They were all, you know what I mean? It was, they wasn't like, fuck you, man, get the fuck out of here and drag me out. It was like, and I wasn't like, fuck you. You know, it was just like, I got it. They had done a really wonderful thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just said like, and I've had so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. I said to my mates, like, I'll be down the beach. Like, I've had a sick time. I'm going to keep enjoying myself. But, like, I don't need to be in here to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I love these guys and respect them enough that I'm going to go, you know? And so, like, I left and I went down the beach and lied on the beach and it was the most magical full moon night. And then I got naked and started doing cartwheels. <laughs> <laughs> had this beach to myself. Oh my it, was down, it was down in Crescent where I live, man. So I was, like, on the back beach. There's no one's around. So I was just running up and dancing. And then when, when my friend... Yeah, when Steph left, she knew exactly where to find me. It was pretty funny. <laughs> naked came, on a beach. Yeah, she came down. She's like, saw this dude running down the beach naked, doing cartwheels. She's like, oh, there he is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that's my boy. <laughs> that's so funny. That was just so funny. It's that's just like, the definition of free spirit. You know, I want to know the weirdest moment in that. What? I was doing cartwheels. <laughs> and I just suddenly was like someone's coming to me and I stopped and I turned and I looked up at the dunes and there was no one there. It was pitch black up in the dunes. And then out of the dunes comes this silhouette and I went, Steph. And she was so far away. Like I'm talking like maybe 300 meters away, pitch black. It was light on the beach where I was, but like she was coming from the tree line in the dunes. It was pitch black there. And I just saw this silhouette walking towards me and I couldn't see it, couldn't make it out. And I just went, 
first of all, I had the intuition, someone's coming. And then I looked and I went, that's Steph. And I was like, okay. So I started walking towards the person. Naked. <laughs> naked. I walked about 100 meters. They're walking about 100 meters. Still getting close. I can't see. And I've gone, maybe that isn't Steph. It's just a random person I'm walking towards <laughs> on the beach naked at 3 a.m. <laughs> You're like, this could not go down well. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm committed. I'm walking. <laughs> Fourth I go. And I walked up and I was like, Steph? And she was like, ah, I was going to try to scare you. And, she, and I was like, oh, how'd you know I was down here? And she's like, well, you weren't at your car. And I was like, the only other place you're going to be is naked dancing on the beach. <laughs> I was <laughs> so like, this is clearly a common occurrence. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just like I love being in nature. So I was like, I just love that she knew that. But it was just so, it was just so weird how that, that happened, you know? Yeah. You know when that happens? Do you and get like, gut yeah. feelings? All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All the really time good. I know when someone's about to call me, it used to always happen with my... <gasps> With my ex, I'd pick, I'd or like, I could even daily, I'd go, Lex is about to call me, pull my phone out. And I would even do it to people all the time. I'd go, Oi, Lex is about to call me, pull my phone out and hold it. And then it would go, and then I'd start ringing all the what? time. All right, we used to play a game with like, what number am I thinking? She used to always go, Okay, what number am I thinking? She'd write it down, I'd be like, Eight. Okay, what number am I thinking of? No, that was with her. Oh, I was okay, with sorry. Three. <laughs> On four. <pretty> close. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Aaron's like, sorry, I'm actually not connected with you, Andy, so I don't know. No, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. someone like so connected like that with. It was just like, it was just insane. Like, you just knew. She was upset. I'd be like, I'd just, you'd be sitting there and you're like, she's up, oh, something, you know? I don't yeah. just know, you know? And like, it's just, I, I know everyone else is like, like, people like that, you know? Do you get gut feelings with like, jobs or certain situations yep. when you get offered you're like no nah, can't do this well, yeah yep, can do it yeah yeah same it's really yeah fun. no and you know when i fuck up even like if i'm playing a game of cards and i'm like don't pick up that card my gut feeling i'm like nah 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 that's a good decision on paper you know that's a good like a quite you know yeah if i pick that card up and get that one then this could happen that's like the best move to make but my intuition says don't yeah and if i do it it always fucks up it's like whenever i don't listen to my intuition i fuck up yeah, gut feelings is so important mm, to follow. I try and be really, yeah, and I, yeah, and I find like it's a fun game to follow it. Yeah, absolutely. I got I got a huge gut feeling to a, a, like apply for this. Oh, to this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Yeah, look, we're <laughs> <laughs> having a great time, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of this. Man, yeah, we've I'm been so chatting. sorry. Whoever's still here, good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, one of the funniest thing is people are, they listen till the end and then you're like, I don't know, we can't do no wrong. That's what I found in the podcast. Can't do no wrong. Oh, aren't they okay, lovely? Thanks everyone. We've been like literally just ranting about our own life experience. What's worked <laughs> for us. We don't know what works for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is Andy. Thank you for giving us your experience and no why worries. you're such a giggly little champion. You know what I mean? No a loving little soul and like, thanks for your energy. Thanks for applying. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for... I've only gone on rants on this because you've sparked things in me that have ha- given me realizations. Oh, You know what I mean? Why else would I talk like, you know, say thank you. Oh, no worries. Thank you for having well, me. Well, every time I have, this reiterates it to me. People yeah. listen to this because it reiterates their values to them. I have these conversations and go on these rants because it reiterates it to me. You know what I mean? It re-inspires me. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. That's why I do this podcast. All right, you've got to go skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> After we go to that field and see if there's any um, magic in there. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. No and thank you the listeners. Just say. I hope you
hope you guys like this episode. Now, remember, I've got prizes to give away for whoever shares it for me. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, put it on your social media story, tell your mum. Send me a message, send me a screenshot, or I'm just going to see it on Apple Podcasts anyway, or I'm going to see it on social media, and every week I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to send them an O-Penal Knife or a Diaries of the Wild Ones t-shirt. Enjoy, guys, and thanks for listening. I do it like a double.